Howdy. If you haven't already, make sure to follow us on all the socials. We are at History and Film on Instagram and HIF Pod on Twitter. My personal Twitter account is at TrackNerds, and you can always email me at Simmons at TrackNerds.com. Enjoy the show. So looking back, when you think about the 2007-2008 financial crisis, it's, and again, in my mind, it's always 2008, just because it times in with the U.S. election from that year, but it seems, looking back, is more like one thing, and obviously living through it, though, we kind of recognize that it was, there was never like a single moment where right. the market fell down. Like, with the Great Depression, you actually had like the day. But yeah. this was more of just like a series of events that ultimately led this way. Right. Basically like a like a mudslide or like a snowball rolling down a hill. Right. It was kind of going for a long time and it just got worse and worse as it went. Right. You basically didn't even know where the end was going to happen until we kind of started going back back the other way. And so the movie today, The Big Short, I think as you mentioned off the air, does such a great job of illustrating this whole issue that if you've seen this movie, we really don't have a lot to add. And I even found something that said it's insanely accurate and maybe one of the most accurate yeah. movies we've talked about on the on the whole list, you know, up there with something like Downfall. And I saw, I forget where I, where I saw it, but it was basically some group saying it's like 90 plus percent accurate. And some of the only changes that are significant is the characters we do see the story through. Most of them are proxies or amalgamations. And I think Christian Bale's character is the only one that's like literally playing the guy with the same name that he had in real life versus mm -hmm. other guys are mostly based on particular people, but they've changed the name. Other guys are kind of combined characters. But that aside, the Watts are spot on and everything they explain how the financial systems work and for those who haven't seen the movie well one you need to watch it but two to give an even simpler version of what caused this whole problem in the first place and i'm going to try to do it in like 30 seconds versus you know anything else out there you know a two-hour movie or even a 10-minute youtube video basically banks were giving mortgages to people who couldn't afford to pay the mortgages and enough time of that happening and enough of these mortgages getting sold off to bigger banks so that the banks who gave the loan didn't have to worry about it anymore that happening for years and on too large a scale basically caused that whole system to collapse when people were right. able to pay their mortgages and housing prices dropped and yeah the bubble burst is basically what you would right say. because like like they say in the movie it was considered low risk high reward because you know they say multiple times who doesn't pay their mortgage everyone pays their mortgage which everyone who can afford was to was true when they're right. when they're right when and when there were strict standards for getting a mortgage um right. like income verification and stuff like that but you know they so they they were selling these what they call mortgage backed securities or MBSs and uh investors were buying them up like crazy and investors wanted more of them so lenders began making more of them by loosening lending standards they weren't verifying income they were doing uh giving ninja loans which they mentioned by name in the movie but no income no job or assets and still getting a loan right and then uh adjustable rate mortgages where you could pay it you could afford it at first but the payments got bigger and bigger you know what after a couple of years it at uh you know you 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 couldn't uh couldn't 
pay your mortgage anymore. So then with MBSs and then CDOs, which are collateral collateralized debt obligations, um, which are I don't really understand, <laughs> even after watching this movie and, yeah, and trying I don't get to too into the weeds learn here. what they yeah. are. But right, but it's it's basically another another thing that people were investing in. So you have a, a ton of money tied up in these MBSs and CDOs, and then people started defaulting on their mortgages. So once people start defaulting on their mortgages, they sell their houses. Well, the once a ton of people start selling their houses, now supply has gone way up, but no one's buying houses, so demand is going way down, so prices plummet, which means that the the value of these MBSs are going down, and then that also means that people who then already owned houses, now they had mortgages that were for way more than their house is actually worth, so then they stopped paying their mortgage, and then it was just like this this snowball effect. Is like a like dominoes. Right. All while the rating agencies are still saying that these mortgage-backed right. securities are still top-notch and and low risk, but the risk was skyrocketing. Yes, and because and those those lending practices, the the no verification, ninja loans, adjustable rate, all the the predatory lending was was new, and so right. credit rating agencies could point to historical data and say, look at how safe this these investments are. Everyone is everyone's still paying their mortgage. Which which wasn't the case. I think of the phrase of a common warning phrase that we sometimes ignore, and it essentially applies to even the stock market today. It's past results are not indicative of future results, and yes. we were basically ignoring that and just kind of trusting that there was nothing safer than the American housing market because it had been stable and just kind of the slow, steady incline for decades. Why would there ever be a drop? And it was just arrogance so then the movie the big short follows oh i you know three or four different parallel storylines with these different guys and different groups and investors who were the minority i mean vast vast minority you're talking like the 0.001% of people who saw it coming and bet against the US housing market and were basically again that's it's complicated too but basically they were making right. they were putting money down where they would make money if the entire housing market collapsed. Right. They were buying what were called credit default swaps, which is basically an insurance policy or it's insurance on a, on defaulting an MBS. Which basically had never happened. Right. And these guys were the first ones to do it. But as the crash went on, more people were trying to were trying to buy the same thing. And that just exacerbated the problem because then the banks that were offering these credit default swaps didn't have enough money to back them up. So once the MBSs started crashing, people were come and we see it in the movie, you know, they couldn't even give you your payout then. Right. 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 And and that's one of my favorite scenes of the movie is when Christian Bale's character is talking to the very first bank that he wants to do this with. And he says, I just want to be you know, I want to have guarantee that you will that I'll still get paid even if there's solvency issues with your bank. And they're like, <laughs> and they think uh, he's an idiot, you're telling right. us that you're right. You're worried that we're not going to be able to pay you. And he's like, yes. And he's being right. Right. And then and then that exact thing happens because it's like the three banks, like one tells them, oh, we had a power outage. One tells them their server crashed. You know, so they're like trying to, you know, make these excuses and not have to talk to them because they're trying to rush to then do the exact same thing that he had been doing for years up to that point. Right. And so, and so yeah, and basically his whole, all his other investors and employees and everything kind of start turning against them. And 
he was right. He just, he was almost so right. He was too early. He saw this yeah. coming, and I don't know the exact year, but like, oh, four, oh, five, he's starting to put yeah, money. Yeah, 2000, 2005. So basically right. two and a half, three years before the actual crash was in its peak. Right. He's putting millions of dollars towards betting against the betting on the housing market collapsing. Yeah. He was right. He was just so early. He almost went bankrupt yep. because he was too early. Yeah. And and so it's worth noting too that Bale as Michael Burry is like the one who is that's the actual guy's name. Michael Burry is the guy who did this and Christian Bale yeah. plays him and 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 apparently according to IMDb, the the t-shirt and cargo shorts that he's wearing through like the whole movie pretty much yeah. is actually belong to the real Michael Burry. I would that like totally he bar- makes sense. he borrowed them from the guy. Yeah. I I yeah, I buy buy that 100%. I love the performances in this movie this is kind of like a a good place to segue into that yes it's a great movie i i think christian bale stands out though among among all the great performances i would agree it's a great cast but christian bale still steals the show yep yeah and it's it's like it's understated he's not doing anything crazy like he's just an odd guy yeah yeah just and his little his mannerisms he's basically like this hedge fund manager who walks around the office barefoot and stuff yeah just just kind of quirky and but he's he's got all the research. He, 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 like people are like you're crazy, but then he pulls up just like spreadsheets of data that he's collected. And it's like no, he's the only one that's. They're like you're telling me you looked through and saw that all these loans are bad. He's like they're basically like how do you have this information? He's like I looked right. through them one loan at a time. Yeah, he yeah. said I I read them, and he said nobody reads them. He says uh, he says the only people that read them are the lawyers that put them together. And he comes back with, well, I don't even think they read them. Right. He's like, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person that's actually read this information. Right. So you think of all these bundles of bad loans. He's the only one that's gone through and looked at like, oh, well, this person only made, you know, this amount of money and they shouldn't be able to pay off a loan. This And he's just looking at each individual loan that's been clustered into these thousands of loan bundles yeah. and sold off as safe. And he's like, I don't basically what is the critical mass? Obviously, there's going to be some level of default that it could sustain. But at some point, it's going to collapse. And he basically bets on it collapsing and yeah it was just early but yeah the movie itself just really really strong film it was nominated for five oscars one for best screenplay uh christian bale was nominated for supporting actor adam mckay of anchorman fame got a best director nomination for this film it's the best picture nominee just a really really strong film yeah and this movie is hilarious right it's a yeah. It's essentially it's essentially a comedy. Yeah, even, even watching it, you know, I, I've seen it a bunch of times, and it's still like I still laugh out loud at certain parts. Like uh, Ryan Gosling when he's he's kind of the narrator of the whole thing. Yeah, he's given like yeah the initial pitch. I think it's hilarious. Uh, the trip to Miami that they take is just full of funny stuff. I love Rafe Spall's character. He's the guy who's like they call him the optimist. The only reason they put up with him is because he's such a good trader, but he's like just optimist in the face of everything that's going on. He's always like in a good mood and smiling. And it's almost like in comedy movies where you have like the straight man that's like, you know, the one that's sober throughout everyone else being crazy. He's right. like, it's kind of like the opposite. He's like the upbeat and chipper one, and everyone else around him is just like miserable. <laughs> yeah. But, and then at the end of that, that Miami trip, when uh, Steve Carell is talking to the stripper and she tells him about the, Oh, I've got, I've got five houses and a condo. And the, it immediately cuts to him running through the airport on the phone. He's like, there's a bubble. There's a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> right. These people should not be able to afford, you know, summer homes when they're, you know, probably not making enough money. And uh, 
yeah, really strong movie. And actually just, it's actually a remarkable feat of cinema that they made a movie about the financial crash and crisis and housing market collapse or whatever. And made it so watchable and entertaining. And it's funny and it's compelling and it's rewatchable and it's just, yeah, it's a remarkable feat. And the, the celebrity cameos and like the fourth wall break stuff, yes, I think is, yes. is crucial to that. Like, uh, you know, Margot Robbie and you've got, uh, Anthony Bourdain, Selena, Anthony Bourdain, RIP, Selena Gomez, which, and that was another, just a little instance of comedy when they, it's Selena Gomez and then the famous economist whose name I can't remember, but it oh, shows right. his name. And it's like, they're having coffee or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a whole list of accomplishments. He's like a professor. He's got this award in economics and he's, you know, he changed the way that, you know, people think about economics and human behavior. And then it's Selena Gomez, pop star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so just a great movie. Don't, don't be afraid to watch this movie because you think you either won't get it or you think it's going to be boring. It's like, no, it's a comedy. They simplify yes. it in a way. And even if you don't 100% get it, you get what's happening with the drama within the story. And again, there is still plenty of drama. Well, it also is a comedy in a lot of ways. And it's just an engaging, engaging film that we highly recommend. Um, it is based on the book by Michael Lewis, who is the same guy who wrote Moneyball, who wrote The Blind Side. So this guy's... Uh, kind of does a lot of this research to kind of find these stories where there, there might not otherwise be an obvious story. Or, you know, mo- you know, Moneyball. You think about like, okay, so you're going to write a book about baseball stats and how that that yeah. changes the way people build rosters. Like, doesn't even make sense. So yeah, so he's he's uh, done some good stuff as far as the repercussions. So obviously the government had to step in to save a lot of these banks and all the bailouts and stuff. And that's you know still arguably controversial if they are say offering loans that they don't intend for these companies to always pay back and just the the oversight involved is probably not up to where it needs to be and i've listened to several people on podcasts talk about despite some of the changes that have been made with the legislation in these industries we're still at risk of similar things happening again it's just not well enough protected because the banks still have all the power with lobbying washington to keep doing whatever they want to do. And if they know they're going to get bailed out again in the future, they're, they're not risking anything. So they can just line their pockets. And right. If and we have an unemployment spike, they don't care. We are seeing the exact same thing this year with the pandemic, which it's, it's a little bit different because a pandemic is not, it's not like it's the company's fault that they're going under, but right. I mean, just trillion, literally trillions of dollars from the federal government going to, bail out these businesses well, and, and just how nothing about our economy is set up for having rainy day funds everything's set yeah. up on the norm and we want to make money and make everything nice and productive when things are normal but if there's a catastrophe we just don't bother setting up financially for that eventuality and it just screws right. us every time because we have no incentive or because you know the government who should be doing that kind of stuff basically has no there's no political will or no financial incentive for them to do it because you know they're getting so much money from wall street to just keep things good for non-rainy days and we just kind of end up always kind of in the same spot and again as far as economic stuff we definitely should note we're recording way ahead it is the beginning of august of 2020 so we do not know at this time what may have happened economically over the last eight months so we apologize for that It, it could be way better or way worse than it was when we were recording. We're just unaware at this time. 
to be fair though it's it's bad right now (laughs) (laughs) touche but yeah (laughs) could be worse take a drink (laughs) yeah just a minor thing i know you're you're interested in uh diegesis and and diegetic versus non-diegetic sound and this movie has a good example of shifting diegesis in the scene where christian bale is giving the job interview to the kid and he puts in his headphones and the music oh, is yes. playing in his headphones and so that yeah. that's like that's diegetic sound and then it goes into the montage of him working and it's still playing the same music so it shifts from diegetic to non-diegetic um your plurling of that was very impressive but i feel like it would be like the odysseys or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> yeah so this i mean i don't really have much else there's not <sighs> The movie covers so much of it, and it is so accurate. Yeah, it, there's not much right. else to talk about. I would about. say if you if you want to have a more in depth understanding, or or at least have it explained in a way that's more entertaining, watch the movie. Right, and and, and again, our, our our ultimate goal here has always just been to kind of use these movies to one kind of see what they got right, what they got wrong, and then also use them yeah. as a launching point to talk about something relevant to world history. But this is an instance yeah. where the movie itself really does just say everything that we would need to say. And right. it does the job for us. Without Most movies aren't so direct and to the point and accurate in a way. In the larger context is just kind of what we're talking about with you know other global markets, and I would say this you know, this the fallout of this did extend well into well into you know the next few years. But I think they said uh, unemployment rates you know continued to fall, and now also I guess we're talking about is how. Obama was probably already leading in the polls in 2008, but this eventuality did kind of probably tip the scales in his favor and not because it was, you know, Bush's fault or anything like that. I think, I think economic stuff is kind of just bigger than the president a lot of times. And any, any bad economic situation hurts who's in power. Right. It's not good for an incumbent regardless of party or or regardless of anything, really. Right. If the economy's if the economy's bad, especially if the economy goes from good to bad. Right. That's that's not uh, it's not good for the incumbent or the incumbent's party in in the case of the 2008 election. Right. So in a world where Kerry had won in 04, you would probably say that McCain then definitely wins in 08 because it still would happen. I mean, arguably there. Yeah. all, All everything else being equal. But yeah, yeah. I no, mean, right. Yeah. Who knows? Whatever. Yeah. It's it's hard to it's hard to predict. But I would say the odds become much, much higher of McCain beating Obama. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a failing economy or recently failed economy is a hard thing for a politician to overcome. Right. And it would be easy for them to start pointing the finger at. Of course, I guess it would have been Obama running. It would have been Kerry running. And that gets all kinds of other complicated, too. Because yeah. it would have been Kerry yeah. running for reelection. So then you would say, yeah, McCain probably does beat him. I don't know. It's a. Uh, complicated and hard to predict but yeah so i know that in other especially your older episodes um you would do a an elsewhere in the world at this time thing at the end which and this does kind of relate to the movie because they show it on the tv in the scene where they're the two younger guys are in their garage and one of them slipping through channels and he flips through two channels talking about uh performance enhancing drugs and doping specifically barry bonds and lance armstrong and I mean, I don't have a lot to talk about, but at this time, 2007, 2008 was when Barry Bonds was going through his steroid scandal and Lance Armstrong was going through his uh, doping scandal that eventually caused him to be stripped of all of his 
Tour de France titles. Okay, that was kind of contemporary to this. And it's, I, I know you like to to include sports stuff in here when you can too. So no, yeah, no, that's a good call. And also this this year at at the Oscars was a particularly strong year, and we kind of talked about some of these movies in our you know best of on. Uh, best of the decade on track nerds but so spotlight won best picture but it was also the same year of mad max fury road and the revenant and i mean even the other nominees brooklyn room the martian i mean pretty strong year for for films and i always wonder if the big short could uh could have won in another year um but since in the in the facebook episode in the 9-11 episode we we talked a little bit about how this affected us because we were both alive and have memories of this time. Do you oh, right. remember what you were doing in 2008? I mean, my I was a I was a sophomore in high school, so I was like running cross country and track for you, but that was pretty <laughs> much it. I mean, it, I don't remember the economy crash really affecting me that much cuz like, you know, in in my my mom wasn't wasn't working at the time. Well, she was like part-time subbing substitute teacher when she could and like my my dad was a police officer so you know his job was say he wasn't like working in a sector where there people were a lot of people were were losing their jobs so my family and my this time was relatively stable but did you did you have any ill effects from this from this time did it not me personally as far as you know my own financial situation but where where i did see it was with school funding and so when it comes to the amount of money we have to spend on track and cross country and other school programs Mm -hmm. that tanked like so before this happens i remember things like so actually like in the spring of 08 we ordered like new shorts for the track team and it was like no big deal and then the year before that i remember you know the athletic directors telling the the head coach at the time basically open up the catalog of track equipment and be like, point to what you want. We got two grand. We need to spend like it's the money yeah. was there. Then how just after, after buying those shorts in 08, I don't think we got a single stitch of new clothing for the track team for three years. And so, so we definitely saw that pinch big time with schools cutting way back. And I think they were eliminating positions and just, uh, you know, talks of eliminating programs within the school and some, you know, some of the other local schools, I think, you know, eliminated their music programs. And so that was very big. And frankly, we haven't, we're 12 years after that and we have not fully recovered. We're not spending like yeah. we were even, and we get bond issues and stuff, but that, that's, a, that's a separate amount of funds. You think about state funds coming to the schools, it has not recovered. It, 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 we, we don't have the levels we had 12 years ago still. Yeah. When I uh, when I first got my job after I got out of the Marine Corps, when I first started working for the city of Phoenix, it was less than a year after they started hiring again, and they stopped hiring in 2008 in, during the during the financial crisis. So that you know they were on like a five year freeze. Yeah. Oh no, it was it was eight years. Eight year freeze. Wow. Eight yeah. year hiring freeze. Yeah, it it definitely even to today, and and with coronavirus, we're kind of dealing with our own economic issues now, but. Yeah, this definitely had far-reaching implications into the future. Okay, so as we're nearing the end of our World History Project here next week in our penultimate episode, we will be dealing with Iran in the film About Ellie. <laughs> 